We've got some hey, I'm Luis. I'm Luis. And you're listening to the Content is Profit podcast. So how do businesses and creators like us who did not cheat with hacks and tactics and don't want to be stuck in the content wheel of death, how do we build a modern media team and profit from our content? In this creator's economy, pre-filled templates and content calendars have become the solution for those that are not willing to put in the work and build a real business. Those that get rewarded are the ones that create and control their process. Content can be a distraction or your biggest lever. Here, you learn to develop the systems to create consistently, build trust with your audience, and get the attention of those that are willing to give you money. Go to contentsprofit.com to get started today and join the community oh yeah baby let's go i'm so excited today we have an incredible episode we have an awesome guest lined up here behind the scenes he's ready to come out and we're going to be talking all about how to get to eight figures in less than two years crush clubhouse and go public in the tech industry Wow. Boy. I oh, know. boy. How long the, do we have today, Fonzie? I feel like after this episode, our <laughs> internal fires is going to be blazing and we're just going to be ready to take over the world. And I hope you feel the exact same way. I know. This is for you, the listener. But be, before right. we get started, guys, Fonzie, do we have a sponsor today? Indeed we do. Thank you for asking, good sir. And today's You're sponsor welcome. is your own, The Biz Bros. Yes, we sponsored this podcast with content momentum That's if right. you produce a long form piece of content just like this one that you're listening to or watching and you want to multi-purpose it and send it all over social media Ooh, we are it. here for you slide in the dms at bizbrosco on facebook or instagram yes guys go ahead and follow the show because every tuesday thursday and saturday these episodes are dropping with incredible value from all around the world for you to take action and crush it crush it in your business in your passion so go ahead and follow let us know if you like it on social media at bizbrosco as well that is right and if today's guest help you move one step forward towards your goal please don't forget to share this episode because you might be doing the exact same thing for somebody else and of course don't forget to leave a five-star review thank you happy monday and of course we had to start the week with a bang today's guest is what today's pop culture will call a total baller. We met him through mutual connection and since then we have been mind blown with what he has achieved and what he's capable of achieving. That is right and today we're here to discover all of it. Today's guest is the host of the Roundtable Show where business leaders, celebrities and thinkers meet and debate. Not only that but through his content he helps people find objective self-awareness. I am extremely curious about that. <laughs> Let me tell you. Not to mention the multiple company he has scaled up to eight figures, mm. all bootstrapped and in unrelated niches. Now, he's stepping up as a CEO of NFT Tech, whose goal is to go public very, very soon. Oh, and let's not forget that he does all this while pursuing his hobby of dancing bachata. Let's go. What boss. I'm so pumped for this. Please welcome serial entrepreneur, host of the Roundtable Show and the Bachata Master, Mario Napal! What's up, Mario? <laughs> Welcome, How my man. How are you guys? Woo. Man, I, I, I'm... Fired up. I'm, I'm fired up, but at the same time, I'm disappointed in ourselves that we didn't have a Bachata song <laughs> no. for you today, man. Bachata ready. I mean, you know what... 
since we're streaming live, the danger is if we put our favorite bachata songs in here is that uh, you know then we won't, the people won't be able to hear us. They'll yep. be like, no, all dancing. No it's okay. It's okay. It could be an after party. We'll we'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> Dude, Mario, uh, we're extremely excited to connect. You know, it's it's been it's been a while. Yep. You've been all over the world. You know, in in your ventures, and uh, it's so exciting. Uh, but for those that are not familiar with you, do you want to share a little bit of? Like, you know, who's Mario? Where do you started and, and the wonderful things that you're doing now? Like, what's that fire that you're like, okay, I am building these incredible companies. Like, how did that start? Yeah, um, I started in e-com. Uh, I started back in Australia, you know, when you mentioned in the intro. And then I got to eight figures in two years. So uh, it got a bootstrap. So seven figures in year one, eight figures in year two. That's my first business. So before going, getting into crypto, before getting into consulting, into growth hacking, into anything really, my first business was mm. called Fruity. Still exists today in over 30 countries, and it sells high-end blenders and juices. And uh, that's what I got, man. That, like that's what got me going. Never understood the success that I had till like a few years after. I was very humble, like very, very down to earth. It never hit me yeah. that I made all that money. Um, but that's how it all started and how I got there. Man, it was, it was two things that came together, timing and yeah. working my ass off. So working my ass off is, is, everyone understands what that means. Timing is, you know, what many people ignore. Mm. So for example, if you're talking about COVID in five years time, that's pretty, because you're talking about content here. Yeah. So someone's creating content about COVID in 2025. I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but it's a lot less lucrative than talking about COVID in 2020, 2021. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's the same thing in e-com, selling the right product at the right time. You know, selling uh, face masks right now when they're all over the place, probably not the smartest idea, but <laughs> selling them during COVID or pre-COVID when they weren't a niche, they were just, it, no, they were not mainstream, they were just a niche growing. Yeah. Worked really well. So my timing was right. Awesome. So, so what led you to to start in the e-com, you know, world. And then obviously you've diversified a little bit, but what was that initial fire? Because, you know, a lot of the people that tune into the show are people that might be uh, doing a side hustle, right? Building uh, a business, building like their their own movement, right? And and they might be a little lost on, on where to start, you know? So we're always uh, always trying to touch on, on frameworks. Let like, me, let me, yeah. <clears throat> let me, let me, you know, do you want frameworks? Okay, so you said three words. People that are listening to this, I have a side hustle. They're building a business. And I forgot the third thing you said, but the I want to try to remember because of the movement. movement. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So let's start one by one because they're re three really important points. A side hustle. You don't have to go all in. Mm -hmm. As Jim Collins says, you have to test many different things. You have to throw a lot of pebbles. And then, so testing, testing, testing. And then when one pebble hits, then you throw the goddamn cannonball. Mm. But you have to throw the pebbles first. And it's better taking the Warby Parker path. You know, they're, they're, they're making billions now. But they started as a bunch of guys with a part-time job. Less risky, and it allows them to pivot, etc. And they don't have all their eggs in that basket. They're not emotionally yeah. attached. Worst case scenario, they still have their job. So there's nothing wrong with doing a side hustle until those pebbles hit, and you've got enough revenue from your business to quit your job. So that's number one. And the less... Because the less risk you have, it's also it's also better for you mentally because you can make objective decisions. Because if the mm. business is all you have, 
it's a it's a really difficult place to make logical objective decisions for your business yeah like let's say your business is not working you need to close it down if you have a full-time job it doesn't hurt you that much to close down that business and then move on to the next one if that's that pivot is a good idea to do yeah but if you ha- if that's all you have and you quit your job then you could be beating that dead horse for way too long mm. so uh, hustle part-time hustle is number one number two before movement was business so everyone here listening wants to build a business. Mm-hmm. A business is two things. I made a post about it yesterday. A business is two things. People and systems. That's it. So once we throw those pebbles and one of them works, then if you want to build a business and scale it, yeah. all you need to do is getting the right people. And then of course, it's, it's not as simple as that. You know, you have to train <laughs> them well. Yeah. You have to train them well, delegate properly, have a feedback loop built in etc and put them in the right place and having the right person vet them all that stuff Absolutely. but people and systems systems you mentioned it earlier in your intro you said content a system to, to create content on a regular basis that's what a business is systems as well and the third thing you mentioned is uh, a movement a really simple and content plays right into this i also made a post about this today is building a community is one of the most important things in business. Mm-hmm. Every business exists. And I was making that post in the crypto space. Uh, if you're in crypto, you know Ethereum. Uh, what is yeah. Ethereum? Essentially a community that believes and supports that blockchain. Yeah. Uh, what is your your business, guys? Well, you have a community of people listening to this podcast and, and seeking advice from you. Um, now, you're, I'm digressed from your question because I thought it was important that brings value to your audience. Thank now, you. your question was, what did I do to get me to e-com? Well, I, I was at university and I, I saw a video of a boy that made his first million dollars at age 14. Wow. Now, I was, I was, you know, planning to make my millions in the 30s, 40s, and I was doing banking and finance. I immediately dropped out. I was in Australia at Monash University. I dropped out in year two and just got the first job I can get my hands on, which happened to be door knocking because <laughs> uh, commission only jobs are the easiest to get. Uh, so I started door knocking, which is really difficult, really, really difficult. But it went really well. I started doing six figures out of the gate. And um, and then I just I just kind of throwing those pebbles. I, I started testing everything yeah. that I can, yeah. selling any product I can door to door. And then blenders worked. And then I started selling them on eBay because I heard about eBay. And I started getting that ching sound. I'm like, holy shit, it's working. I was pretty <laughs> smart with my marketing. Yeah. And then I had someone create a shitty website and then started selling on the website through Google Ads. That, that was my journey and it was... I didn't know about any of these stuff, yeah. but I knew one thing. When something works, you double down. Yeah. Mm. Dude, Mario, um, I, I appreciate first your honesty on how, how clear everything was, right? Like we mentioned the, these three aspects and you were like, okay, let's break each one of these down. So I'm, I'm very curious on, on how your mind works, but the point that you mentioned, okay, hey, throw the pebbles, right? We've heard multiple people and, and when, when we started diving, this is like related to us specifically, when we started diving into this entrepreneurial world, right? It was either we thought about either like all or nothing, right? And I was yeah. like, and, and you know, as, as we move forward, we've learned that that's the case. Like for us, we started a sticker company. Then, uh, uh, you know, it uh, was it vinyl stickers, screen printing. Uh, we did so many of those pebbles, right? And then that led to a path to what we do today, right? If that those pebbles weren't, weren't thrown into, into the ocean, right? To see like what really hits and what resonates, not only with the client, but for us to executing. Like what are we actually you know, good at what we actually enjoy doing, uh, I don't think we will be either producing the show or, or helping the people that we help, right? So I, I, I love that fact. 
and I love the fact that you remove the pressure for those that, are, that think that need to go all in in that business, right? There's, yeah. there's a balance me, there. For, for There's people right now listening to us and disagreeing. They're like, guys, what the hell are you talking about? Look mm -hmm. at Elon Musk, he went all in on Tesla. Or look at Bill Gates, he went all in on Microsoft. Uh, or look at the YouTube guys, they went all in on YouTube or Google. Number one, that's false. Many of them tested different things before they went all in on one thing. Second, you have to look at statistics. Looking at just one person, well, there's a, you know how, how luck plays a key role in business and life? There's books about it. Yeah. Uh, and there's 7 billion people on this planet. So for every one Elon Musk, and there's only one, how many thousands of potential Elon Musks failed by putting going all in? There's no podcast that talks about failures. There's no no one, anyone listening right now, I dare you to just research these things because it's really hard to find out the facts. And then you find out, hold on, 90-something percent of businesses actually fail. 90-something mm. percent of businesses actually fail to raise capital. And then from the ones that actually raise capital from VCs that believed in them, over 80 to 90%, I think it's over 90% fail. Yeah. So 90% of 90% fail. That's wow. crazy numbers. Now, I'm not saying yeah. it's to scare people. I'm just saying this, that you should understand the difficulties of building a business, not because the idea is not good, because yeah. there's a whole bunch of people around you building that same business. Um, and just mitigate your risk. And one way to mitigate your risk is just by testing different things and then just going, when something works though, you should celebrate. Because yeah, to have true. a pebble land is really, really difficult. I would say it's one of the, if not the most, till now I throw pebbles and they don't land. Yeah. And I'm, I'm considered a, a seasoned entrepreneur. So it's very hard for one to land. And when it lands, cherish it. Throw, throw cannonballs <laughs> nonstop consistently. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Man, I, I love your risk management approach. I never saw it that way, right? I mean, you you're pretty much here all the time, uh, you know, saying it's like, and I love this saying, it's kind of funny, but it's like, you got to risk it to get the biscuit, right? It's like, you got to go all in to get the reward, right? It's like the high, high risk, high reward type of thing. But I love how you go into it as risk management with like, I don't want to stress myself by putting all my, you know, attention into one thing, but here is the risk that I'm willing to put into this venture, So, and this is the reward that I'm seeking. Once it works, I'm going to put more attention into it. And I know in the intro, we talked about, you know, your superpower, which is the objective self-awareness. Is that a key role into it? How do you help people step into that objective self-awareness? It is like if you say, you mentioned now the risk reward ratio. And I want to say that it is true. It's accurate. The more risk you take, the more potential reward. Again, the more reward, but at the same time, the more reward you seek, the more risk you're taking. Yep. Now, I don't want a billion dollars. I'm happy with nine figures. That's my goal. I haven't gotten there yet. But by next year, I'll get to nine figures and I would have reached my goal. Mm -hmm. That's my goal. Ten figures, a billion dollars is not a goal I want. And I'll probably not reach it. If I do want to reach it, I know that I, that I have to decide. And I know a good friend of mine that's going down that path. He's like, If I want to go down the billionaire path, then I need to know that I have a high likelihood of, of failing at everything and just getting a job somewhere. Now, I'll probably get a job because it's, you know, going down the billionaire path and failing means you raise capital, you do, you, you have a lot of milestones you achieve, but you still make a lot of money because if your business fails, VCs won't pay you. VCs yeah. will invest in the business for the business to succeed. So yeah, investing one-on-one, -on -one, high risk, high reward, low risk, low reward. And it's about finding that balance. I'm a yeah. risk averse person, but then so most people are. Warren Buffett is a very risk-averse person. 
He's one of the wealthiest people in the world. Um, Richard Branson, very risk averse person. Yeah. Um, and, and people think he's crazy and does risk, takes risks all the time. He doesn't. When he launched Virgin Airlines, he made a deal with the airline manufacturer, Boeing or whoever it was, that if Virgin Airlines doesn't work, he can return the, the plane to them, um, covering most of his expense, like uh, most of what he paid them. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, mitigating your risk is, is a fundamental aspect of business. And, and that goes to your point of, of objective self awareness. Yeah. Like, there's just so many. F- can I curse? Yeah. yeah absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> this, so, this, this is your platform, so, man. <laughs> so many fucking gurus that just give you the answer to everything. Or there's people that are not gurus. But they just talk like they know their shit just because they built one business and made millions. Well, you could even be stupid billionaires. There's yeah. a lot of people that they think they know the answer and they tell people what other people what to do. I'm not that type of person. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm more of a, of a book-based person, very, very humble. I know my weaknesses. Um, so I think humility and self-awareness are the two most important factors you should look for before listening to anyone. Why? Mm-hmm. Humility means they don't give you advice on shit they don't understand. That's the yeah. most important thing. I'm not going to tell you how to build a software company because I've never done it. Yep. Okay. Um, and the second one is uh, self-awareness, knowing what you don't know. Yeah. So I know what I don't know and I don't talk about it. And then humility is, again, same thing, like not talking about something you don't know about. But also if I get something wrong, if I say to you, hey, you need to do X, you need to launch a YouTube channel, make a video a day. And then I realize that, hey, actually, YouTube doesn't work too well for dance videos. TikTok is much better. I don't stick to YouTube just because I've got a big ego and I don't want to be wrong. I'll be like, hey, I told you to do YouTube, but I kind of, I messed up here. I think you should focus on TikTok instead because the metrics look a lot better. So I'm sorry for my mistake, but that's what I think you should pivot to. Yeah. That's someone without an ego. Yeah. I I try to be that person and I try to only listen to people that are self-aware and that are humble. Yeah, absolutely. How how do you, you know, for somebody that's listening right now, how do you cultivate those traits, right? Um, how, how do you detach from your ego? Because I feel everybody has an ego to an extent. True. Um, there's physical things you could do. Like I, uh, I was invited to a dinner two days ago in Miami before I left. And, um, uh, and it was by a friend of mine, a business partner of mine. And I'm like, hey, can we just pick up a random homeless person and just sit with him on dinner? And it's not bullshit. I sit with him on dinner just to chat to him. Yeah. And, um, it kind of brings you back to earth. And mm. sometimes you meet people that are, that are homeless, which is like one of the worst places to be in life yeah. that are fucking smart. And then I realized I'm like, holy shit, like this person uh, during the financial crisis in 08, they, there was a lot of stories like that. I was watching a video about it where people that are, uh, that are impressive people that you talk to, if they're wearing a suit, yeah. you'd want their business card, but they're homeless. I'm like, holy crap in the U S we're land of the opportunity yeah. of opportunity. So, I'm like, like someone with that intellect in a country like the US, not in Afghanistan, in the US is homeless. Yeah. And holy shit, like I'm, I'm so grateful I can pay for all this stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I learned that the hard way. So it's kind of putting things into perspective, brings humility really quickly. Not like someone that, you know, there's a lot of these artists, the singers and shit, they make money and they're like, they think money's going to rain for the rest of their life and they're spending it on all that. A jewelry and stuff and, and throwing on the camera. Uh, it's a bad state of mind to be in business. Really, really yeah. stupid state of mind to be in yeah. business. Um, so that's the humidity. Self-awareness. I think you can do, so first understand it, learn about it, research it. 
And then this, the thing you could do is um, just one thing you could do, a little hack, is just record yourself mm. and listen to yourself, number one, and uh, film or record yourself. And number two is do an anonymous survey across your friends and or family. I don't know what software you want to use for that. We do that in the company. And just ask them questions like, what do you think is my biggest strength? What's my biggest weakness? What is one thing you'd love to tell me to my face, but you don't because you're my friend uh, and you'd like to tell me anonymously? What is one thing I need to, uh, uh, you know, to review? How would you rate my intellect? Like really direct questions that people can ask it anonymously. Wow. It'll be the best way to get self-awareness. So you know yeah. exactly how people perceive you. Because funny enough, people perceive you better than you perceive yourself. Because yeah. they, people see you more objectively than you see yourself. Because yeah. they're less emotionally attached to you than you are to yourself. If you want to know if you're good looking, guys, don't ask your mom. Why? Because she loves you. To death. <laughs> yeah. She's like, absolutely. Fonzie. I mean, clearly. Wow. Look at Fonzie. That, I, man, I, 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 I love those two tips, man. Those are absolutely amazing, yeah. right? And for, for you, the listener, I'm going to repeat them real quick, which is record yourself, right? And I'm guessing, listen to yourself talking. And I think that's why we have loved this journey of publishing, right? Because talking, having these conversations, putting it out into the world, right? Turning those thoughts into words have helped us become a little bit more self-aware to an extent, uh, a, a right? A little bit. Like, yeah. I, I feel like a lot, like, so... Wait, wait, wait. He, and number two, so... Yeah, uh, number two. And number two is do that anonymous questionnaire, right? Just ask the people close to you and for them to answer in an anonymous way, what do they think about you? What are your thoughts? What do they think are your biggest weaknesses? And again, like Mario said right here, they are removed to an extent emotionally, They're, they're less emotionally invested in you than you are in yourself. So they're, they're going to give you more objective answers. I, I love that. I think I, I'm going to apply that one, Myron. I'm going to let you know how it went. I, <laughs> I appreciate that tip. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, going along the lines of what Fonsi was saying with publishing, uh, publishing, we've seen it as a massive shortcut to the entrepreneurial journey right? When you're the face and where you're putting your thoughts and be like, okay, this is what I stand for, right? You you start identifying those things like, what am I actually willing to do or say, right? Because it's me right here, right? So it pulls you back to the humility big time and and learning a lot about the market, right? Like in this journey, we learned that we were talking to maybe the wrong who, like that we were trying to serve, right? And then we adapted quickly, right? We saw our data. You mentioned that earlier, right? How can we do the research? How can we actually go there? How can mm. we find the person that we're most likely to 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 serve like throwing the pebbles right we're going back to like these patterns right and the fact that we can put that and we we would love to dive in in just a second about you know the each company is a media company with a product right it's not a, a product company with some content out there and uh we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that but that's allow us to inside of the business itself throw as many pebbles as possible as fast as possible to gather this data and see, okay, how can I serve my people better? Right. So I would love to transition into that because, you know, you looks like, I mean, you're going into podcast interviews, right? Like you are massive on, on clubhouse on that platform. That's something that you took by storm. And then how do you see publishing? Like, I'm very curious on like the macro view, you know, the 30,000 view how do you see publishing inside of the business and then how are you guys like tackling this this journey right yeah now <clears throat> you mentioned something interesting about throwing the pebbles when publishing or creating content it's never been easier mm -hmm. like it's never mm -hmm. been e the feedback loop has never been shorter 
you could literally post a piece of content now on TikTok and know within a few hours if it's the right piece of content or not, whether you should do more like it. And the same applies to other platforms. 10 years ago or 20 years ago, it took a lot longer to know if something worked or not because you have to wait for the results to come in. So there's no direct way to manage. So yeah. you have direct Im or immediate feedback loop. That means you can test content like a machine. Mm -hmm. We have something called the content machine at our company. We just pump out content on different platforms and we test different pieces of content all the time to see which one works, which one has better metrics. And I was actually sending a voice note to my team about this a few hours ago. So I think this is an important point you, you, you kind of highlight is that throwing pebbles applies more to content or it's easier to do with content yeah. or publishing than it is in business in general with mm -hmm. a product. So in e-com, you have to freaking at least do a landing page and pretend you have the product to see if people buy it and run some ads. Minimum. Yeah. People that are more risk averse that want to get the product manufactured, etc., and then test it, which is a bit risky because you're spending money. But um, so just I wanted to mention that for that point. But to go to the next point, like how do we, do we leverage publishing or, or you know creating and posting content at our companies? It's um. You mentioned a quote that I said is like. It's not a fact, but it is something that could be the future. Yeah. And that's looking at a company, not as a business that sells a product or service that happens to also post content, but that you look at each company as a media machine that's posting content that also sells a product or service. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that applies to all businesses, but I think it gives, gives you, an, when you look at it that way, publishing becomes more of a, of a core business model than another function of marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Because okay? um, in business, you have to create moats. You have to create um, barriers for competitors to be able to enter your industry. And Warren Buffett loves to talk about moats and he, looks to, he likes to invest in businesses that have a strong moat. How do you build mm. a moat? One of the best moats is a community. And how do you build a community? Well, they need some content to consume you to create that community. So publishing is, is one of the best ways. And when, when you say publishing, what I mean by publishing is essentially posting content on different platforms and repurposing it on different platforms. In my opinion, is one of the, the easiest and most effective ways to create a moat on your business. Yeah. And to just yeah. have an edge, to have an edge yeah. over competitors, yeah. especially with traffic. Attention has never been more expensive. Yeah. But if you land on the right content strategy, you can literally get free attention. You can get free. Yeah. Uh, what if I told you, you can get free gold? You'll do everything you can to get that free gold. Yeah. Well, right now, content or attention is the gold of the internet. And content allows you to get it for free or, or quote unquote free. Yeah, 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 mm. absolutely. And, and you know, we, we agree for the record, like 200%. Yeah. with with you because that's that's what we've done right for us internally it's like okay how can we build a system right like internally forget the tax for the, the 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 tactics forget the hacks right it's like okay how can we actually operate internally with the resources that the company has to be able to produce as much content as possible so we can test messages we can leverage other tools and then eventually you know leverage and try other strategies right because if if each company has their own team that can move freely through their own content frameworks, right? Like for example, you mentioned, hey, I texted my team to try new stuff, 
sounds good. You probably have a base where you guys produce some kind of content. And then from there, you can start like testing different strategies. But the team is flexible enough to move this. So eventually, that's the goal. And we had a workshop. I remember that we had people from from all over and different different type of publishing strategies, different type of businesses. And the core concept that we talked about is like how can you as a company build your own internal framework yep. to produce consistently because that's where the that's where the progress is going to be made instead of attaching it like you mentioned as a feature in in the business right yeah. i, I want to add a story to this segment that you just talked about you know the the company being a media company first and then the products and is we're talking about this this morning right the, yeah. the, a great example is disney purchasing marvel oh, right yeah. i mean they they invested what was it like two billions of over a two billion dollar a, a billion today. a billion yeah so one billion dollar into purchasing marvel right which already had content they were already creating content now obviously disney has incredible benefits which is you know the distribution channels and all the manufacturers everything that they do within their ecosystem so by them purchasing purchasing marvel now they can start creating those products off of that content, right? So they create, they kept creating content, right? If you have a membership in Disney Plus right now, you can see a lot of it in there, right? They keep coming with new shows and all these movies in Marvel Universe. And when you, it's crazy, when you go to Orlando to Disney and you start seeing in the stores all the toys, all the money that they've been able to make. Uh, what was the figure? Because you, you yeah, shared it with me. Yeah, the figure was the initial investment that I was showing was about $8 billion. And oh, then the total billion. revenue from just the movies, by the way. This, oh, is, not, this is not counting like any any commercial or any uh, you know manufacturing toys or anything like that. It was t about $24 billion, right? So it's like, okay how like how do we how do we bring that back now to let's say a small business right how do we bring that back into mm -hmm. a company that's starting and it's okay well the initial investment it might be your time right the initial investment might be you know that video editor that initial investment might be that person that helps you trying all these things right but at the same time it's like the return on that investment it just escalates through through time so uh mario i would love to like was there a challenge when you guys started building that team internally? What, how was that process for you guys? When do you guys understand that this is the way to go? I understood a while ago, but I, it's, it was, it, I used to be a very private person. Yeah. Two and a half years ago, that changed about two, two and a half years ago. Before that, I didn't have Instagram. I didn't have LinkedIn. I didn't have Facebook. I didn't have anything. You Google me. You literally find nothing. My business partner uh, at, a, at a law firm, so I'm a partner at a law firm, and, and the guy that founded it, his name is Alexander Rodriguez. He reached out. He wanted to. He reached out to me to have me come in as a partner, but I also needed to do due diligence. It took him eight months to do due diligence on me because he couldn't believe there's nothing about me online. Yeah. Then yeah. I got scammed uh, when I went through a scam two and a half years ago. Mm. That triggered my journey on creating content, mm. um, because I wanted to kind of take the positive thing out of it. And I got scammed because I was very, you know, private, nothing about me online. The person took advantage of that fact. But I lacked the most important thing for content marketing, and that's the content itself. Something of quality. I, I just, it wasn't me. I, I didn't have, I'm not an editor. I didn't have the time to sit there and, and script something and work on it and come up with a whole strategy before building a team before worrying about distribution yeah so i had to work on that first if you look at my first content the first few weeks and months 
it was just garbage and then slowly improved from there yeah yeah um so that'll be the first thing and and the importance of an editor cannot be underrated i have an editor with me 24 7 he's not he now he'll be back in a week or two but 24 7 he's with me and we're just pumping out content now yeah yeah um, unless i'm traveling and he I, I chose one of the best editors i can find because mm. i think the content the quality of the content comes to, to down to two people the creator themselves which is in this case is me and the editor behind the scenes makes such a big difference yep um so i'd say that's the first thing that we had to get right once we got that right it was time to build the systems the machine to be able to distribute that content and create it on a larger scale yeah so oh boy oh. Mario. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. We, we lost you there for, uh, I, I for a second. That, that was a great marketing move. <laughs> you, got a, you got us in the, in the edge of our seats, like, <laughs> what's happening? And then, you know, we, you came back. <laughs> <laughs> what was, so what, what was the last thing I said? That that you, you, you were mentioning that, you know, it's, it's a key role that you have an editor, right? Like 24-7 with you moving forward and adapting yeah. very quickly, right? Yeah, and then what we do now is we need to, to do two things. So we have to get that right before getting the distribution done. Mm -hmm. um, so once you had the content sorted, which is difficulty number one, number two is getting the like a, a beautiful big tree falling in the middle of a forest with nobody there. Did the tree really fall? Did it really make any noise? So the next point was to actually get distribution right. Once you have good content, you have to get ears and eyes to it. Um, that's the content machine that we built. And that's repurposing that piece of Gary, Gary Vilas to talk about it. Just repurposing that piece of content on as many platforms as you can. Yeah. Getting yeah. as many and, and a native way. So some, yeah. in some cases you can, like YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, um, Medium, Quora, etc. They all go hand in hand. But then you're going to go to other platforms like TikTok or Instagram Reels where it's got to be tailored a bit. But based on the same concept. But now you, what you're doing is you're, you're trying to get your content on as many platforms as you can because you shouldn't, you shouldn't hope for your audience to come to your content. You should meet your audience where, what platform they're on, whether it's yes. Snapchat or whether it's LinkedIn. You've got to go the, to their platform because that removes the friction from, for them to hear and listen to your, to, your, um, to your content. And then the next step is and they hear the TikTok video, they want to go to the YouTube. Let's say YouTube is your core one. Well, then there should be an action step and a link where it's very seamless with no friction for them to move to the destination that you have, whether it's a landing page or a yeah. core piece of content. So Ooh. funnel. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. By the way, like for those listening, go like go back and re-listen to this whole like period from like a uh, minute about 30 because this is literally the formula, right? Like the framework of, of building your, your machine, right? Like get the production, right? There's obviously there's a few elements inside of each one of them that people have to like tackle, right? Then get the distribution and then connect your content to the business side of things, right? Uh, essentially, that's what it is, right? And there's different ways that we can do this. And I feel a lot of people are challenged by the idea that each one of these shiny object syndrome everywhere, right? Because, and that's what we battled when we first started right now out of the show, more than 400 pieces of content go out every single month in very multiple platforms, right? Coming back to the show, coming back to build a relationship into the community, into the product, right? That's that's our path today, right? And it took a while to get to that level. Absolutely, we we talked about the, you know, what's a business, right? People and systems, same thing. Yep. Like with your machine, that's what it is, is the people and the systems that you put in place to, to go there, right? So, uh, you guys discovered that also internally, which is great, right? But uh, you know, a lot, a lot of the conversations that we have, 
people are like they see these as different pieces where they mm -hmm. have to like bring it in house and the most the two the two key people that you mentioned is the creator right which is in this case you or us right we gotta be out there we gotta show face we gotta produce it right because we gotta be comfortable with our message we believe in what we do and everybody deserves to know this same as you right what you say like you believe a hundred percent of the things that, that you mentioned right you're so passionate and then that's what needs to get out of the world and then that team right which in your case started with that editor right in our case also started with that editor right and then from there you we can start building that machine to fit you know your business your personality your flow um you mentioned to be as in, in many places as possible right where there was there ever a moment where you were like no we should like tone down uh yeah, yeah i was gonna i was gonna say that i was gonna say jump in and say like not look if you're a one man or two man band or three or four even focus on getting one platform right first Yep. So when I say be on many different places, that's to bring attention. That's a funnel to bring attention to the one platform they're getting right. So once you get your one platform right, like let's go. I was listening to a podcast before this called My First Million, mm. which is a pretty cool business podcast. So good. They have, yeah, Sam so Power and, and Sean. Um, they have their podcast. That's their, their, their you know, I'm, I'm friends with Jay, John Lee Dumas, who has Entrepreneur on Fire. I was on, his, on the show a few days ago. Andrew Warner was messaging today. These three people have their podcast as their main platform. Yeah, yeah. But you know, they doesn't mean like uh, um, my first million has been trying to build their YouTube channel. Um, uh, Andrew's active on any new platform like BitCloud. Um, John Lee Dumas does uh, you know uh, he appearances and stuff. He's on Clubhouse now. So they're using these other platforms to as a funnel to bring the traffic, the attention to that core uh, channel they have. But they didn't do that until they got the one platform right. So do that before you start worrying about distribution and the funnel. What that, by the way, awesome advice. What do you call get the platform right? Right, because for, for many people, and I'm playing a little devil's advocate here because in our case, like we understand, like our show, like in general, our show, whether that's the live show or the audio version, that's our main platform, right? And for us, to get it right at the very beginning was to execute it consistently over time, right? Like we mentioned earlier, we're about to hit episode 200, right? If we don't get that production right, nothing else can happen. <laughs> so for us, that was the first step, right? So I, I, I'm I'm curious to see, okay, what is, what was your right? What was your right to, to kind of give permission for people because they might have a very different perception on what right is. They're like, I need a million followers. I need a hundred thousand followers, whatever that number, or like, even if it's followers for us, followers mean nothing, right? Like the, the followers not always translate into money, into the business. There's some stuff that goes in the, in the back end. It can help. Absolutely. But for us, that has not been the case. Right. And we've been able to build a business, a team and, and, and create impact like many entrepreneurs wants to do. So I'm curious, like, what was your right? And then from there, it's like, when do you start scaling? Yeah. Um, right doesn't doesn't refer to the results. It referred it refers to the to the content itself. Yes. What I mean by this is, make sure that the content that you you're, you're bringing attention to, you have that distribution going towards is the content you want your audience to listen to. So with your podcast, you want an episode a day, you want it to talk about X, Y, Z, you want it to last for X period of time, and you want it to be in a certain, with a certain structure. Once you get that right, and the core metrics, like um, 
how long people listen to the average duration how often do they come back and listen to once you get those core metrics right that's pebbles then you know you're creating the right piece of content yeah then you go to the distribution so right is more is, is more based on the content rather than the the followers yes. or the number of likes because that's something that has no limit that has no cap that will just keep growing as long as you're putting effort and time into it um so that will be my answer to that one it's like looking at a business the business is the core piece of content once you get the business right let's say product once you get the product right let's say it's a blender i like this blender i manufactured it now i can start sending it to customers the warranty is there the box is there the customer service is ready it's the same with content everything should be ready and then you start with distribution onto multiple platforms treat content as a business because it, it is a business yes yes absolutely i've I'm curious, right? Because you mentioned that you started publishing not too long ago, right? In terms of just compared to, let's say, people that have been in the game for many, many years. Uh, and you used to be a private person. Now you started uh, publishing. Again, you have systems in place and you've been able to do this at scale. What has been the, the results that you're seeing in your business, in your community? Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you guys a plug here because it's not intentional. It's a natural plug. It's insane. <laughs> the amount of doors it opens up for you is crazy. So I, I focus on platforms that are underrated. Um, you know, I, I have Instagram for, for my, uh, I do well. I've got a hundred and something thousand followers on Instagram for my dancing. Um, but outside of that, the only platform that's doing well is LinkedIn. I got a, a fair bit of followers there, but I didn't work. I don't, I don't think I post anything on Facebook unless my team does. Um, on YouTube, my team repurposes a few videos, but it was like mixed up. It was a bit of dance, a bit of entrepreneurship, now crypto, now bitch cloud, just a bit mixed up. Um, but Clubhouse was a platform I focused a lot on. Now bit cloud and we're looking into Twitter. We could go into audio rooms, but we're focusing on, on platforms that are underrated, that are new, because it's just easier to grow on those, yeah. but it's not as saturated as others. And I'll use Clubhouse as an example. My clubhouse room is the round table. Some of the smartest people in the world will just drop in my room. Some of the biggest names from Jay Shetty to Grant Cardone and Ty Lopez to Naveen Jain and, and Sugar Shane, the, the boxer and a few footballers. Um, mm. All these different people will just drop in my room on a daily basis. Randy Zuckerberg and a, a whole bunch of them. So the connections that I made, like I'd have 10,000 people listening to me per day, seven days a week. Me being in their ear all day is such underpriced attention, such genuine attention yeah. that I didn't have to go to anyone and convince them to do business with us. They would contact me to do business and they would talk to me as if they knew me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was fascinating. That was fascinating. So, so as an ROI, it's been one of the best things that's happened to my business. I'm the CEO of a publicly listed company. One reason is because of my, my ability to build a personal brand. Um, a lot of my businesses benefit from it. A lot of clients we got because they saw my video or even if they might have, you know, we might have reached out to them to become a client. So they were a cold lead. The content improves the conversion rate as well. Mm. So it, it just plays, it increases trust with the audience. It gets your attention and increases trust Two key things for any business. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love your your enthusiasm when answering this this question. Obviously, I mean the show is called Content is Profit, right? And you just literally explained what the benefit, the same benefit that we've experienced, right? Obviously, to 
uh, for us, it has been at a lower scale, right? But our goal is to, you know, grow to the extent that you've grown as well. But this podcast, this platform has allowed us to establish relationships, right? I mean, bringing you here and now beginning a friendship, right? Like many other entrepreneurs that we brought and it has opened doors as well to do business with them and an aspect that you mentioned that I don't want it to go, you know, under the radar for some is what we call the safety net. Even people that were called leads that you reach out to them, everybody does research, right? At this point, every customer before doing anything, they're going to search for you and see what you're doing, see what you're, you know, preaching, you're actually taking action on. And when they go into your business, into your accounts and they see this content, they're going to be like, huh, he's the real deal. And immediately increase the trust right that's what we call the the safety net such an important uh piece of the puzzle right there that a lot of people miss just by thinking oh i need to create one piece of viral content when in reality is i need to create consistent content the pebbles right i mean we often talk about success doesn't come by just taking one huge leap Success comes by taking smaller step on a consistent basis, which is exactly what you have done, right? Establishing those systems that allow you to take those small steps. So I've, I'm ex extremely excited. Thank you so much, Mario, for sh for sharing this. And, you know, you share the, the benefit on the business side. I'm curious on what is the benefit internally for you with this content that you have created? I think we got frozen here. Oh, oh he's he's very focused on your question. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we got we we yeah. might have lost Mario here. While while he comes back, I uh, why like uh, we've gone through to this direction right on on yep. the personal side of publishing, right? Yep. What Mario, we got you back. There we go. <laughs> um, were you able to listen to Fonzie's question? No, I just dropped in now. My internet cut out, so I connected to another internet. No, what was the question for No worries. Yeah, I, I'm just wondering, right? You share the, the business side of the benefits of publishing, right? Like all these connections, new doors open, relationships. What is internally? Have you experienced something, you know, in your mindset on, uh, while publishing? Yeah, man. Like it, first, I want, I want to highlight before my connection cut out, you were saying how, you know, you met me. You, now you know me from the podcast. That's that's something that's very underrated, is that you have my attention, okay? And for an hour, we're sitting there chatting. Mm. Very, I don't take many meetings. I don't meet many people. I don't even socialize much. Um, so I get people, like today I was uh, doing cryotherapy and some random person has been trying to message me for a while to tell me about a project they want to pitch. And obviously I just, I'm not answering them because I get a lot of messages or I just forward them to the team. And they called Kobe. I'm like, hey, you got to stop calling me. Like, but we really need to speak to you. I'm like, man, you speak to my team. That happens every day. And I'm sure it happens with most people, most uh, entrepreneurs that are mm -hmm. that are doing well. Yeah. But then here I am speaking to you for an hour. I never have meetings more than 15 minutes max, 10 to 15 minutes on my calendar as automated. So, and I only have two meetings today all day other than my internal team meetings. So I, if that doesn't highlight the importance, and I'm not even a big person, you know, it's talking about me. Imagine if you're talking about someone like Naveen Jain, who is you know, on the company, is doing nine figures, or you're looking looking at a celebrity like like Randy Zuckerberg, Mike Zuckerberg's sister. Those people, you can't sit there chatting to them unless you're really close to them. But I sat there chatting with Naveen for like two hours. Um, so yeah, 
that's an incredible benefit of, of building a, a piece of content where you interview people. It just works so well and podcast is a good way of doing it. Now, the second question was, um, has it changed me personally beyond the business aspect? Yes, better spoken, more confident. And I also learn, you know, you're telling mm -hmm. me things or one way of learning is by teaching. So yeah. when I'm sitting there talking about the things I know, the strategies I know, like I'm a bit jet lagged today, but if I wasn't jet lagged, like I'm a bit tired now, I would be like, I'd have my laptop next to me. I'd be taking notes because I'm remembering things right now that I want to action. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm a bit too tired to do that. So <laughs> that's another benefit. It's like kind of reviewing the information I know and reminding myself of certain things. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that. Yeah. I mean, Mario, thank you. I, it, yeah. It's been, you know, almost almost two years now of, of this publishing. And this is exactly what we've experienced. And the reason we decided to do it was to be like, okay, we need to actually drink our own Kool-Aid, right? Because we've we've been there like we've tried to to build a business for the last five years and it wasn't until publishing that that business really took off with the thing that we do now that we're very passionate about and we've noticed that personal internal growth uh with these conversations as well we do the same thing whenever we guest on shows we're ready taking notes because that's how we express those ideas those frameworks and you know a couple of keynotes came out of that Keynotes that we presented in front of uh, hundreds of people right now that inv got invited to speak at live events now that the world is back open. Like these content and publishing and putting the thoughts into words had opened so many doors. Uh, that is for somebody that's starting and I put myself in that place was hard to quantify before you actually start doing it. Right. So we're like, okay, let's go through this so we can actually paint the picture because we're you've noticed we feel like really passionate about it so i i, I want to thank you so much for sharing your journey yeah. sharing your story uh sharing what you guys are doing in your company because uh you are the show uh, or the proof that, that that that's work and, I, and i'm very excited to see where you guys go and and continue to grow hopefully we can we can meet one day um either in dubai or somewhere here <laughs> in the states to to uh, you know go out and dance some bachata with the ladies uh, so, <laughs> so, um with that said mario like as we wrap up the show what would be one action point for that, you know, small business owner, that person that's, you know, having a side hustle that we said today that that's more than okay, right? That's perfect. What is that your one advice for them starting to build a company that they can they can create that momentum um, and create that impact eventually, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to ch choose a piece of advice that wouldn't be, you know, fluff, cheesy advice that everyone says like, hey, work hard or hey. <laughs> I won't even say, hey, start by creating one piece of content a day right now. Because I'm sure many people, if not you, you guys have said this already to the audience. So that's probably the, the most basic thing. <laughs> But I would say, okay, I'll, I'll reiterate a point we made earlier. Start looking at your business as a content business, as a media company that also sells a product or service rather than a product or service company that happens to post some content as well. Start going through that mindset shift. And I think your approach to content marketing and publishing will shift as well. Yes, yes. Absolutely, I love it. So guys, again, start seeing your company as a media company first that sells the product. Thank you so much, Mario. This was 
absolutely incredible refreshing i appreciate you you know being here even being jet lag it, it means a lot to us but we did not notice by yeah. the way we're like this is great i can't imagine when you're not jet lag you know i you don't want to see me when i'm not jet lag yeah man thank you so much for that and you know where can people find you where can people connect with you where where can they go so they can have you in their ear for you know hours a day learning from you um yeah just google my name so it's a pretty unique name mario nawful n-a-w-f-a-l and you'll just you can ping me on literally any any platform you want yeah. and if you want to dance with me i travel the world dancing for fun but chata just write my name and write the chata afterwards yes and um, and and then recent challenge if you play basketball I travel the world. If you want to challenge me for basketball, I started doing that recently. You can uh, ping me and say, hey, I'm based there, and I'll kick your ass in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Next time you're in Florida, we got we to gotta do that. Yeah, um, I'm going to start yeah. practicing fun, right fun now. Fun sucks, by the way. Um, <laughs> Dude, we're gonna leave all the links right below. All you gotta do is scroll down and click there, connect, and you know, if you wanna, you know, challenger bachata challenging basketball business wise uh <laughs> start a show so you can interview mario and, and, and get get him as much as exposure I'll as do possible this. i'll do this as an ex i'll do usually my team accepts only shows that have certain metrics okay so we know we don't jump on a show that has no proof but what i'll do this for anyone and, and this is just a special for content profit and that, it's not special i don't i'm not selling you anything i'm just gonna say i'm gonna give my time maximum short episodes like 20 to 30 minutes anyone that hasn't started a podcast yet i want you to do those so now message me say hey um i got convinced on content profits to start my own show and i'd like you to be my first episode mm -hmm. and i'm happy to take it to give you that head start as long as it's not not more than 20 to 30 minutes um so yeah just make sure you tell me it's for content for profit or content profits and um Uh, otherwise, my team might just ignore it. So content <laughs> yes. is profit. Just message me, say content is profit. Convince me to do my own show. Would you be my first guest? And I'll be there. Mario, Dude, thank you so thank much you. for that incredible offer. By the way, for, for you listening right now, take this <laughs> offer. Like everything changed when we had that first guest. That it was like, yeah, I believe in you guys. You know, this was almost. 160 episodes ago everything changed after that right so we've mm -hmm. mentioned it previously on the show so mario thank you so much take advantage guys go message uh go back to minute what was it 52 and type down exactly what he said because they're very strict and in the rules <laughs> which it has to be right it has to be hey, so they, get, it. They, they have the systems in place so you gotta respect those right yeah absolutely uh mario thank you again anything else you want to add before we head out it has been an absolute blast No, man, you guys need to get a better bachata song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, absolutely. Ch ch challenge accepted. <laughs> absolutely, man. And we, we, we do need to learn a little bit. I know the basic. I, I literally just know the basic. <laughs> I like one turn and that's it. And I'm embarrassed to say that because, man, we're Venezuelan. We should know how to dance bachata better. But, you know, we'll go. And if they play some merengue and salsa, then we can show off a little, a little bit more. But man, I, bachata I, challenge. Yeah, bachata right. challenge. Yeah. So exciting, man. Thank you so much, Mario. Right. With that said, guys, thank right, you guys. so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show on your favorite platform and on social media at BizBrosCo. That is right. And if Mario helped you move one step closer to your goal, which I'm sure he did, please don't forget to share this episode with others and, and leave a five-star review. See ya. Bye, guys. <laughs>